0: weirdo bookworms unite we want to share our love of genre fiction with you fans of horror sci-fi fantasy and more can stop by as we chat about what we've been reading welcome back to another episode of genre junkies i'm your host sandra and with me of course is my beloved co-host hi i'm scott Hi, Scott. And we have a special guest in the studio this evening. Amanda's here. Hey, everybody. How have you been, Amanda? I've been quite well. Thank you. Good. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on Sci-Fi Day. Oh, I am so
1: happy to be here. I am so happy to be talking about what we're talking about today. Oh,
0: I'm glad. Uh, So just to let everybody know, what we're talking about today is the Southern Reach trilogy by Jeff Vandermeer. Uh, so before we get into that, just wanted to let everybody know kind of how the episode's going to be. Uh, we're going to talk about book one in the trilogy. We're going to take a break and talk spoilers. And then we're going to talk uh, book two and three. So if you're thinking about getting into this trilogy, you can definitely hang in with us until the break because we'll keep it spoiler free as always, until we warn you that we're going to go to spoilers. But a lot of people have already read this whole trilogy. Um, so a lot of you, I think, are going to be able to stick with us the whole time. So as some of you know, if you follow us on Instagram, which you should, yesterday was Scott's birthday. <laughs>
2: Woo-hoo! Yeah, Yes, it was.
0: Felicitations. We drank a lot.
2: <laughs> and we ate a lot. This is definitely a... Uh, a- I won't say hangover, but it's a layover day for me.
0: <laughs> right. It's a little, we feel a little tender. But that's what birthdays are all about. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be kind of fun, too, if we checked in um, and talked to Amanda about, have you read or watched anything genre-related recently since, well, I mean, it's been a while since we had you on the show. What, it what has what, been a while. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what, what genre things have you been enjoying lately?
1: Well, uh, the most recent uh, genre applicable thing that I have read was probably the Lunar Chronicles series I'm kind
0: of I know I'm late getting on that train oh I'm way later because (laughs) I've only read the first one and I loved it I I have to read the rest though
1: yeah it's by uh, Marissa Meyer yes Um, it's this delightful series of books that are basically kind of a retelling of your some classic uh fairy tales mm-hmm. but put in a totally different setting and with uh different goals and aims sometimes for the characters but there's still this like lovely integrity to each one of their classic counterparts and I I really enjoyed
0: it I would highly recommend it for anybody. And, and as opposed to like fantasy retellings it's all sci-fi and very futuristic and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, yeah the first book was super cute and I do you want to read the rest of them? Have you read the whole series now? I have read
1: the whole series and I have read, I think there might, uh, there might be more than one novella, but I've read one of the novellas, which is actually a prequel. You recommend um, it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I totally do. I think I read that in between the the second to last in the last book which is appropriate because a lot mm-hmm. of stuff kind of comes out in the last book that's nice to have that that prequel information anyway it's a it's a fun little jaunt um it's definitely ya so you know <laughs> what, what that's worth to you but i love the creativity of it i think it's fun
0: all right well i just wanted to talk to you a little bit because it's been a while since you've been on here but let's get down to brass tacks everybody we're here to discuss <laughs> the southern reach trilogy today by jeff vandermeer and let me tell you a little bit about this So this trilogy is composed of three novels, Annihilation, Authority, and Acceptance. A lush swath of North American coast has been cut off from the rest of the continent, the official cover story, An Environmental Catastrophe. The truth is much more mysterious and confounding. The anomaly is called Area X. A government organization known as the Southern Reach has been sending expeditions into Area X for decades to try to research and make sense of what has really occurred and occurring there. Book one, Annihilation, follows the all-female team of the 12th expedition as they journey into the beautiful and confounding Area X. Well, there you have it. Uh, my first Jeff Vandermeer book, your first Jeff Vandermeer. Absolutely. Scott? Uh, yes. So this was brand new author for all of us. I do have another book of his, uh, waiting to be read by me on, on my TBR shelf, I can't wait to get to that, but I really wanted to tackle this trilogy that he's so known for first. And this series is so out there and so bizarre and huge and philosophical. Well, and I think that such a large part of these books is the atmospheric quality that's created Mm -hmm. by the author. Yeah. So before we kind of talk more about the plot which i kind of gave us a a bare bones idea we got this all-female team they're the current expedition they're going into this mysterious anomaly uh let's start with her with our lovely guest amanda why don't you break down and give us an experience score for annihilation spoiler free okay excellent so the experience score this is um
1: so so I'm a little bit hesitant (laughs) to really say what my
0: experience of the book was. Don't don't hold back. Everybody wants honest feedback. You love it. You hate it. It doesn't matter. The people have a right to know. Alright, I'm I'm
1: gonna seat this one deep into it was a struggle.
0: Wow. Okay, okay. I can already tell we're gonna have some dissenting opinions. You found annihilation to be a struggle. I
1: found annihilation, authority, and acceptance. But yes, annihilation to be a struggle. Now, I do want to draw a line right in there with saying I'm not saying that it wasn't quality. I'm saying my experience of it was a struggle.
0: Okay. Elaborate. For the record,
1: I also didn't love calculus because it was a struggle for me. That's not to say <laughs> that calculus isn't important or valuable to all
0: people, mm-hmm. but not to me personally. So um, was Vandermeer's writing a struggle for you? Yes. Was the plot a struggle for uh-huh. you? huh
1: Okay, let's hear a little bit more about that. Sure. Okay, so I think my largest problem with it was this, there was a tone that was... At once oddly specific and alienatingly distant. Some of his, his descriptors are really, really black and white. They're very scientific sometimes. The biologists like observation of these particular bugs on these flowers or whatever, but almost to the point where somehow it actually took me out of it and made it harder for me to imagine what was happening. Hmm. Um, so that's it. It was, it struck this tone. Uh, of just kind of in this alienation, like I said before, uh, that, that kind of doesn't work for me. I do like the cerebral sorts of stories, but for me, it was just a little too dispassionate, mm. especially for something so enormous happening to the world and specifically happening to these individuals going into area X. It was still like, eh.
2: I'm gonna jump in here because I'm, I'm just so excited. I did not think either of you were going to be on the same page as me. Annihilation, Book One. I'm, I'm actually not giving a struggle. I'm gonna say that it was a book for me. I was just so bored with the first book. It was yeah. just it was boring. The there's so much scientific you know investigation of what is happening, and I'm usually into that sort of thing. It's just none of it really went anywhere. It's just, oh, this is how I think as a scientist, and this is how I'm looking at things, and suddenly you're 30 pages later and nothing has happened.
1: Well, yeah, and I would just jump in and say it wasn't scientific. No, it It wasn't. It was just um, observational. It wasn't drawing any conclusions. There were no real experiments. She tested some samples. That's all that happened.
2: Yeah. It's, I always have trouble with over-description, but this just goes over the top and off the cliff of just everything is described there's 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 nothing that's left to the imagination so much and you said it so much so that it becomes impossible to actually visualize it. The first one I just found just bored me to tears
0: right there with you can I can I speak now. You may. <laughs> Well, I'm really happy that you guys are giving your true and honest opinion of book one because that is exactly what I think is important when reviewing a book is it doesn't matter if you like it or not. Yeah, (laughs) I I think I mean, clearly there's a there's there's a.
1: There's a following for these books right. that the hits to different people in different ways. Uh, just for me,
0: it was a struggle. No, and I think that's so valid and wonderful that you guys had these opinions on it. Um, I am a dissenting opinion. Uh, this, for me, was a page-turner experience. I really, really liked this book a lot. I found it was fascinating. I wanted to just keep reading. I wanted to know what was going to happen. I wanted to know more about area X. I could not stand not knowing. And I just had to keep knowing. And I, I like say knowing a lot, but it's true. <laughs> and these characters were so bizarre and removed. And because they're trained to be that way, you go through extensive training to be a part of the expeditions. Psychological, physical, everything. And I found it so interesting. This idea that they kind of tried to turn people as stoic as possible. And it's like that you can't do that. That's not human nature. And then just the, the nature of area X, I found so compelling. And hearing the biologist who's kind of our guide through this book, she's that she's a biologist in her career, and that's her job in the expedition. Uh, we have the biologist, a surveyor, uh, a psychologist, an anthropologist, and a linguist. And expeditions are sometimes made up of different professions like that, but everybody's kind of, you know, pulling their weight and doing their specific, you know, path to find out more and try to crack more code about Area X. And the biologist is kind of our guide. Uh, first of all, I love that it was an all-female team. That oh, Me too. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And this is the first time they'd ever had one. And it's revealed very early on that the biologist is um, part of the reason she's compelled to do this is because her husband was part of a prior expedition as well. So um, I liked hearing her talk about her experience of thinking of what her husband experienced as she was going through Area X as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I-, I said it in my synopsis, but it's beautiful and confounding and I was just eating it up. I definitely think of this whole trilogy as one big book and I was very happy with part one. I would I would completely concur that I, I do believe it is
1: it it feels more like one book. It's sort yeah. of an odd decision to split it into three. It feels like three distinct sections to me or, or um, parts yeah. of one story. So, yeah, I agree with that.
0: Did you think of it that way, Scott, as like one big book, really?
2: Yeah, I, I did. And I have some feelings about that that I'll go into in the spoiler section.
0: Okay, so clearly you're kind of leaning towards that was maybe a detriment. So that'll be interesting. Stay tuned for that. So obviously, the characters didn't really work for you guys. Um, what did you think about the idea of the conditioning and the training that the folks in the expeditions go through to try to prepare them for the anomaly that is Area X? How did that feel for you guys as a reader?
1: Yeah, that was interesting, actually. I don't think I've ever read a book where... Uh, there, there was specific mention that people were being trained to be kind of as inhuman as possible. That's not to say cruel in any way. They weren't right. being <laughs> taught to be sociopaths. They were, it would seem, kind of taught to or encouraged to suppress their emotions and their personalities as much as possible and see themselves
0: merely as, as symbols or as just what their function was. Yes, their function. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a very sci-fi-ish thing, but at the same time, I don't think I've read any other books where it was quite like that, where someone, like, they're not even supposed to use names. You use your function as your name.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like it's often alluded to in a lot of science fiction, or it's it's sort of placed around the periphery men in black for example that is true they take away their names take away their fingerprints like you are an agent of this uh institution but the
0: southern reach trilogy it's basically <laughs> men in, in black. black it is not it's not, it's not it's at not. all no no uh
1: but but uh you never really get inside of what that training would be what what that uh result would be so that's that was fascinating
2: there's a reason you don't read about that sort of thing in books very often is because it makes very one-dimensional uninteresting characters with no real motivation.
0: <laughs> and <What>? here here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's y- y'all's opinion of it. Um I will say on paper this would seem like a book that wouldn't work for me, but it really did. I I was sort of surprised that you were so positive
1: about it, but then I looked back at my notes and said, "Ah, <laughs> I literally wrote down this is so reminiscent of Camus, uh, Dostoevsky." And as soon as I read that, as soon as I read that, I was like. Oh, Sandra loved this book, didn't she? Yeah. Didn't she love this book?
0: Right, because there is almost these weird little traces of existential nihilistic stuff going on. Yeah, word. yeah. and there's um, certainly a horror element to this book as well. That is true in substance. Yeah. I, But not I, in
2: reality. <laughs> I,
1: I can't say it was my experience because... Okay. T- this is this sounds entirely negative, and and I'm it is negative. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be negative. I you're, allowed.
0: you're allowed. You're allowed. You're
1: allowed. But it felt like the whole thing was being read by someone who had only one tone. Uh, yes, a mm. monotone. <laughs> Hello there. I am the biologist. This is my journal about being a biologist in area X. Oh, look, very large plant. <laughs> I'm like I don't. It feels. Like, the stakes just weren't there for me. It felt so... It was so much... It was, like, about her curiosity, but without that curiosity being satisfied by scientific investigation or plot moving forward, there's not a lot that happens, Mm. quote-unquote, in this book. It's so much of her just moving through and talking about, like, what she's seeing Mm -hmm. in Area X.
0: Yeah, it's like that very it's like yeah because there's not like big over-the-top action sequences it's really subtle and that's either gonna work for you or it's not it's like a it's like a blossom slowly unfurling and then stopping before you actually get to see what color the petals are (laughs) and i disagree because i was so compelled to keep prying open that blossom
2: My problem is that it never manages to ask a question. I mean, Area X is mysterious and a lot of weird things happen there, but it never really, it never really ends up asking a question of, what is happening? Why is it happening? Why is this specific thing happening? It's just, ooh, this is weird, and we're looking at it. Yeah. There are there, no there, conclusions reached. There's Because no there's, li- never, there's never a hypothesis created.
0: I agree. So I want to hear everybody's appeal score on this book, Um I've kind of done a lot of soul searching about an appeal for this and it's a little rough. I'm not fully committed to my appeal decision, but I am leaning towards niche because I just think that this is going to be very polarizing work for people. I can't reiterate any more strongly that either you like surmising from what clues he gives you or you do not. And for me, it really worked. It really made me turn on my brain and my emotions. And I got something out of this. But for that reason, because it's going to be so black and white for people, I think it's fair to caution this with a niche appeal. I completely agree. I think it is niche. I think it's a uh, very different A
1: story, very different series of novels than what you'd normally find as a bestseller. Certainly than what I would expect to see made into a major motion picture. That's kind of a shocker having finished it. because I'm not the only one. A lot of people like this. Uh, Yeah, of course. And and that's awesome. But I, I would say you do have to be maybe in the right mindset for it. I would definitely say
2: it's niche. So this is actually the one score that I'm going to be pretty generous to. I actually think this has general appeal. And the reason why I say that is because it does have themes of horror, it has obviously sci-fi, it has themes of fantasy, it, it fits really all of the genre molds, there's a lot of people who like that, and there's a lot of people who don't mind the mountains of description and the mountains of small actions and mystery that this book gives i think there are a lot of people who will not be like you and me amanda and will enjoy this book i think i think it has a i think it has a decent general appeal
0: Mm -hmm. well that was very generous of you scott thank you i'm very interested to keep this conversation going i think we should have a little spoiler break um and then come back and get into some nitty gritty about this series. Uh, so obviously, if you haven't read this yet, you've heard a couple different opinions here. I loved it. Not everyone else on this podcast did. Totally fine. That's even better. And if you want to keep hearing us fight about it, which I know you do, come back after the break. All spoilers all the
2: time. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.
0: With over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from, there's no excuse not to fit reading into your busy schedule.
2: Genre Junkies can get their first audiobook for free by visiting audibletrial.com forward slash genre.
0: Why not get three for the price of free? Sign up at the link, then search for Area X, all three of the Southern Reach Trilogy for free with our trial.
2: Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash G-E-N-R-E. Welcome back to the spoiler section.
0: This is your final warning. Final warning. Bail out now if uh, if you have not read further.
2: So here's the problem that I have. I really had to wait until the spoiler section to, to really get into the fact that this is really one book made it just ridiculously too long for what is happening and nothing is ever solved. Mm -hmm. When I finish a book, I want there to be some sort of conclusion. It doesn't have to be the story doesn't have to all be wrapped up in a bow. You know, you, you can, you can leave Leia and, and Luke going off to save Han on Tatooine, but you still have to have a conclusion of something.
1: Yes, yeah, some ends have been achieved in that. There's new information that makes it more compelling to see the end of the story. In this, honestly, I I would have stopped. I would have stopped if I didn't know we were going to do a podcast about it. Oh my gosh, you
0: would have just do I would have
1: thrown that towel in. I would have said, "Here's my towel. It's not my towel. Somebody else can use this towel."
2: I will tell you right now, you are you are a better guest than I than I. After the second book, I chose to DNF this series. Scott, I not don't finish care. It.
1: Oh, wow. I don't care.
2: I don't care what happens anymore. And that's where he failed. I don't, I didn't care at the end of book one, which I said was a book. I am actively angry about book two it wasted my time at every single corner.
1: Oh my gosh, it's like
0: you're reading from my notes. Scott, like Okay, now I'm happy to let you guys keep going, but I will let me just quickly interject here and say I still loved books 2 and 3. I loved the series. So we'll talk about some of my love after we let these two keep going.
2: So, okay, book 1, basically what happens is she goes into area X. Everyone else dies either she kills them or they kill themselves she finds out that there's been way more than 12 expeditions there's a bunch of notebooks that's basically it that's that's the book
1: yep yep there's a there's a pile of notebooks in that lighthouse she figures out that the lighthouse keeper had something to do with something and then she takes i think her husband's journal and puts it with her journal which was nice and then goes away to find the island because she thinks maybe her husband went there. And here's the, here's the thing, that at least would be something that I could emotionally get behind, except for the next sentence I think kills it when she says, "I don't need to find him. I don't really care about finding him. I just want to see what he saw." It's like, "Well, this entire book is seeing what you saw." So, I guess it's just
0: more of the same biologist. Well, because her husband did return after the expedition, but he was not himself. He was cold, removed, didn't remember things, confused, was only there for really a few hours before he was taken by the government uh, people who control the Southern Reach and died from cancer very soon after. Everybody from his expedition died from cancer. So she had no conclusion. She had no closure. And her and her husband's relationship was really headed for divorce, And I found all of that to be so interesting. This person who is not sentimental, who is guarded and closed off and removed, trying to make a connection. I found that really fascinating because she was selected and the psychologist kind of knew she would either really unlock Area X Or be this huge weapon that would maybe send it crashing down because she would be something that area X could not understand.
1: Okay. Here's what I would say is none of that's wrong, but I wish that you had written this book (laughs) Because, because those are all those are all points that yeah, I kind of drew together, but it was like. Having gotten no help from the text, that was just sort of how I painted things together as well. I don't think they ever completely, I don't think the psychologist ever really said
0: what it was about the biologist that she so highly valued. A hundred percent she did not because that is the way Jeff Vandermeer wrote this trilogy is there had been times where you're reading it and you draw a conclusion and it's not from anything he said. It's from everything he didn't say. And I think that style is going to work for you, or it's not. And in this series, it really worked for me. There'd be things that I think were true in my mind, and then I'm like, but wait a minute. He didn't say that. That's what I'm surmising from the pieces, the clues that he's given
2: me. I find that to be incredibly pretentious, quite frankly. And and if I give him the benefit of the doubt, and I say that this was a deliberate choice for him to do a really terrible job of explaining what is going on, and that was his whole idea then that's, that's masturbatory theater.
1: Thank ah. you. That's what I was just, I wasn't sure if we could say that word. I was going to say artistic self-completion.
2: <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I like that one better. I mean, it's just.
0: Uh. This is so funny. And I can tell we're all trying to stay really composed and not turn into Fox News and just start <laughs> screaming at each other, <laughs> which is really great willpower from all of us. It is so hard for me to, quote unquote, defend my love of this book because I kind of feel like you either get it or you don't. And I know I can't convince you guys because you weren't on mine and Jeff's level.
2: (laughs) I think Annihilation would work as an idea as a short story. I think that there are some solid ideas that could be very interesting without without all of the filler.
1: I agree. If a a short story would have been an appropriate and like that would have been a think piece for me that like I, I would have actually probably enjoyed that a lot more when you put together a three novel series, though, I, I do need to go somewhere. I need to be taken on some kind of a ride but, but, or a journey.
2: He spends 15 pages explaining on how she's testing these samples and how, well, they they look normal, but I know they're not normal. And I can't tell you why they're not normal. Okay, cool. They're not normal. So what what's different about them? Oh, you're not going to tell me? Okay, <laughs> cool. Then why did you waste 15 pages of my time mm-hmm. explaining this when it has no It has no bearing on the story, the plot, or revealing anything in this world.
0: But didn't you guys, Amanda's just hitting the this button and all that, but didn't you guys find it compelling of what was happening to their minds? The things they were seeing that they couldn't make sense of?
2: No, because they were not characters. They were just cardboard standees going through the world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were designed to be that way but they i had no interest in them and then okay so and on top of that so you spend 15 pages wasting my time about finding out that the scientists can't figure out what's going on and they'll never explain it to you and then they spend another te- he spends another 10 pages explaining something that happened to her past that again has absolutely zero bearing in what happens in the story whatsoever yes we understand you have a husband that husband went to area x came back weird That's a great backstory. Fine. I don't need to know about this random time you went to the bar and you were uncomfortable and he wanted you to be more involved. There's no payoff to that.
0: But see, and I totally disagree because the payoff to me was all of my surmising, all of my own conclusions about their relationship, who she is, her relationship to this environment, what she's observing. I can't. It's just, it's so funny. I can't explain it to you guys that all these things that are driving you all to drink, uh, things that I found so beautifully fascinating. I
1: I think it's awesome, actually,
0: that we read the same book.
1: Yes. And I would almost argue that we didn't, except for... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, we are syncing up. I, I feel like the names are all right. The names are all right. So yeah. we definitely read the same words on the well, page. Okay,
0: well, what did you guys, didn't you think that the quote unquote, the topographical anonymity, the tower in the ground, the living tower, the crawler, the fungus that is alive that she inhales, mm-hmm. the glowing? How could you not have loved all that stuff? OK, OK. I think maybe I should back up a little here because I didn't have
1: Scott's experience of I just don't care anymore. I might thing was just anger like visceral
0: flames
1: out of the sides (laughs) of my face anger because I do find that to be interesting the topographical anomaly which is a tower that goes down into the ground not a tunnel a tower it's like and it's alive and it's alive apparently it's this like living uh, uh, biomaterial plus the crawler which is also the lighthouse keeper but he's um, in this encasement of brain material. It's all
0: interesting. And I would have
1: liked to have known anything about how or
0: why. The sermon on the wall, the mold. Oh, I loved it. And I will
1: say that book three, I probably... liked the best as far as it goes it is really hard for me to talk about them as if they are three different books i do think that he got to certain points of clarity and there's a little bit more that actually propels the story forward as 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 the books go on as the books go on but it's still without any there's there's no conclusions reached, but there's also no there's no moral. There's no. There's no reason behind anything. And in fact, it's not that. It's not even given this whole. Hey, area X just doesn't even know it's doing this to people. Like, if that were the case, then maybe that would
0: be
2: interesting. That's by a
0: possibility. Of course. It's hold a pos- on. Let's, oh my let's... god,
2: it's a possibility. There's three books and it's concluded, and it's a possibility. Okay. Okay. So hold on. I'll ap- tell you the exact moment that I decided to DNF this series. Oh, because please tell I, me because I might know. Because I broke. I broke our genre junkie rule and. I I came to Sandra and I said, I'm having a lot of trouble with this book. I was in the second one. And I said, I just don't understand. And she said, well, that's your problem. You're just you're 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 trying to understand it. And that's when I went, nope. Nope, if that, because she already finished it at that point. I finished all the books. And I said, no, if this is the kind of thing that you're not supposed to understand, I'm out. Because I don't care enough. I don't care enough to be left with questions. If I'm going to be left with questions at the end of the series, I might as well just leave the questions that I have at the end of the second book, put it down, and walk away. Because I don't care, and I'm, the second book, like I said, I was actively angry. I have, I I did it, there was, there was a passage that I was reading and I was like, and he's just describing the people on the street and he's describing the way that the lawn looks in front of this house. And he's describing all of just, just inane nothingness. And I went back. I was like, okay, I'm going to highlight this passage. I'm going hi- to, I'm going to actually use the highlight on the candle. I'm going to highlight this passage because I want to use it as an example in this episode. I am not going to do that to you because it is 12 pages. <laughs> 12. pages! Not not Kindle pages, pages, pages (laughs) of describing what the lawn looked like in front of the house that he's walking up to. And then he looks at stuff and he doesn't tell you exactly what he sees, but he sees stuff. And then he goes over here and there's this person on the street. I don't care. And even when all of you get through all of that and then something, something little in a half of a page happens, it's not an explanation of anything. It's uh, it's 10 more questions. And it, nothing is ever resolved in the two books, at least. And I just don't care. So we're going to circle back
0: around after we finish talking about the books completely about messages, conclusions, that sort of thing, because I do have more to say on that. And I think we need to discuss some more nuts and bolts of the second and third book before we get to that point. Now, Scott, I will say <laughs> part of all that stuff you didn't like in the second book, I found greatly fascinating because to me, I saw a man questioning his reality. I okay here's
1: I will tell you then about the part where I very nearly rage quit this book but I didn't I stuck it out I read all three of them all the way through um it was at the point where Control has just had the really crazy encounter with Whitby. Um, Which, did you get to that part, Scott? Oh, I finished
2: the second book. Oh, you
1: did finish I, the book. Know, you're, you're referring okay. to the part where he finds Whitby in the closet. Well, the, the attic. Isn't it the attic? Right. right. The painti-
2: is, this, is this the painting portion painting. of the book? Okay. And
1: I'll say probably the most effective section of any of these three books that I read was when he turns around and realizes that Whitby is like folded onto the shelf. That actually got me. Wonderfully frightening. That was a good and scene. The, yeah. And the yeah.
0: weird picture.
1: The picture thing. But yeah, but then him just like being back there and then slowly reaching out and touching, touching his, his hair. hair. That yeah. was weird. And I loved that. Yeah. I love that. That was satisfying. That's
0: when you really know control is not nuts there is something going on here agreed
1: so here's so so there's all this stuff okay we know from the first book the biologist really did go into area X and there is all this crazy weird stuff happening and she came back she does glow she has a brightness the other characters even tell her she does have this it's not metaphorical however by the way the use of metaphor in this book particularly the second book is ridiculous everything mm -hmm. is a metaphor there is no unique or new experience to
0: anything everything is an analogy and I'm like, can we just... Taylor, I'm gonna let you finish, but... here's the thing is uh, because i want you to talk about when you almost rage quit the book sorry yeah
1: okay so when i actually almost completely threw it down and said i'm done with this i'm done with you vandermeer uh was when uh control has decided okay whitby has clearly lost his mind i'm gonna go and we're gonna do this we're gonna do it gently but i'm gonna go get his supervisor and we're gonna escort him out of the building because this guy's gonna need some help and it's sad that i have to be the one to do this but i'm gonna do it okay (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm, i'm behind a Boss, behind all of that, and then he goes down to the science wing or whatever, and he puts his hand on the wall, and it gives, and he realizes, oh, in that moment, that it's made of the same material that the uh, topographical anomalies walls yes. are made of, and yes. things, everything around him is changing, and he runs back Area up X to the is here, every X is here, and he runs back up to the top of of the of the U shaped building, and he's trying to tell them what it is, and he's freaking out, and there the assistant director and she's opening the door to the former director and she's coming in with this glowing green nimbus and I'm like he's lost his freaking mind he's lost his freaking mind no 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 that's what I thought and I was like I'm freaking done even the one thing that I thought was cool that really they realize something weird is going on here. Uh-huh. Is just out the door. I almost completely threw it down at that point. I'm glad I didn't Good. because in the next chapter, clearly he runs home. His mommy is there. Yes, who's awesome. I did like that character in my brain. I know that's not the way she looked, but it was cast as Sigourney Weaver, so I like that. Oh, that's cool. I don't know why she she was
0: perfect for that. Yeah, I like the cast casting. Her. Yeah. Yeah, cast her and uh i
2: disagree with you i don't like the character but i uh, like see, the casting
0: i, I had her as more of a barbara hershey type in my mind that'd be mind. great too that'd be great too
1: yeah no no losers here but uh and then she basically says yeah how you doing here's a pill calm down which i really thought the pill was going to be something everything that happens in the book it's like he keeps you on these tinter hooks that maybe this will mean something no in the end nothing really means anything. <laughs> um, <mm-mm. laughs> But whatever, we're, like you said, we're coming back to messaging. Yes. Um, but uh, and then she basically says, yeah, Area X expanded. It took over the Southern Reach. Um, we can't get anything in or out of there. The door is gone that we thought we had into it. And also the Southern Reach is popping up in a couple other places where the other people that have been on the biologist expedition were found. And so that's kind of an issue. And she's still kind of recalcitrant. She really doesn't give him all the information, which at this point, there's no reason not to put all your cards on the table, but
0: she doesn't really. Mm-hmm. Well, she's had a lifetime pr- to prepare for this. That's true. And, and she's probably not very good at telling truth. <laughs> no, I think that's part of her whole MO. See, and like that, when you realize it's all real and Area X is coming see i loved that my heart was racing my blood was singing and i just see grace in my mind racking a shock and sh- sh- it's go time <laughs> and like you know because they all kind of knew like control he stopped he can't handle this you can't handle the truth area x is coming man and i loved that and then the fact that he drops his basket for a minute and he's like i gotta go home <laughs> like I-, I need to go home but that's the thing is he didn't drop his basket
1: it was all real Which thank goodness it was real because I was, I was so ready for it to be done. I'm like, finally, something that actually happened, something that actually happened. The wall was really an animal or whatever it is. That's fine. Uh, It's just, there's constantly these little like, um, setups and letdowns, setups and letdowns. And it's like, it's not even a letdown where it's like you step off the side of like a a short wall Mm -hmm. and then you have this jarring stumble into the reality of the ground on the other side. No, no, it's simply just sand and you just slide down it. And it was like, you never took the step up. before <laughs> see how annoying it is to speak entirely in metaphor or simile <laughs> Just, get me sued. okay so, nobody likes that
2: so here's the thing when it comes area x is coming and taking over the southern reach the, the the story beats all six of them across the first two books all six story beats are individually very cool i i like that idea i even like the imagery of that the problem that i have is that again he, Vandemir did nothing to make me care about area x oh it's expanding what does that mean i don't know because i don't know what area x is i don't know what it does i don't know i still don't even realize understand what it looks like it's just it's there's it's just wilderness and there's there's all these different animals from it's basically like eden i guess and maybe that's what happens in three but it's like i don't I don't care. Because there's discussions that characters have over pages and pages. Well, maybe I don't care about Area X expanding. Maybe it's the right thing. Why? Why do you feel that way? Because I don't see what benefits or disadvantages this world has. It's just weird. It's just a weird world. And so why why is this important?
0: Well, that's another thing. Hold on. When we get all the way through the books, that's that same kind of messaging stuff I would love to circle back to. Now, what if I told you guys that with all the metaphor and simile. A lot of people actually consider this book to be magical realism.
1: That did cross my mind. Um, it did cross my mind while I was reading it. I, I thought maybe there was an echo of that. Mm-hmm. But magical realism is still rooted, at least in some kind of understanding or belief or um, a lesson, Um a conclusion of some kind, like that, mm-hmm. there is still something that's being said with it. This sort of felt like playing around with media. It felt like it. it okay, here's the thing. I think here's what I think this is: is that it's kind of abstract art, mm-hmm. the way that I I perceive it, and that's not my kind of art. Mm. Um, I I like realism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like magical. Uh, it was realism. I, I like, uh, I like all kinds of different things, but I, the abstract takes a different portion of the brain to really enjoy it. Maybe uh-huh. not appreciate it, but to enjoy it. And I didn't enjoy these books. Yeah. I felt sort of tense and that's just not the way that I like to get through a story, quote unquote.
0: Right. So as I'm reading this, I identified a lot with control, the character control, because he's kind of like, us as the reader, where he's the new kid in town, the new boot at the Southern Reach, and he gets this conspiratorial feeling around him. And I love books that and movies that have that sort of conspiracy theory stuff, where he's trying to draw conclusions. Nobody's helping him. Where it's like, they kind of want to help him. They're giving him a little rope, but then they won't. He's questioning his reality. He's questioning his sanity. He realizes that he has been compromised. He is being given um hypnosis directive does have bugs in his office and he's trying to at first she tries to kind of rage against the machine and then he's you know he doesn't trust anybody i found all of this to be super fascinating and he was like a surrogate for me in the audience in the story kind of trying to find what's real what's not real am i crazy is any of this really happening are all of these people nuts That is how I totally interpreted this story. And that's why it was compelling and worked for me.
2: I liked Control. I I did identify with him a lot more than the biologist because he really did have a character. Mm -hmm. But again, what made me end up getting angry and not enjoying Control is that the book goes on about how competent he really is, how much he knows about how to interview and investigate. And he fails. Everything he does, he fails at. The only thing he does correctly is take all the bugs out of the office. But it'll spend three pages talking about here's how he's going to go about this investigation with the biologist in the office. And he sits down and it all goes to hell and nothing goes correctly. He doesn't get any of the information that he's looking for. And that happens every time he meets with her. It's because she's not the biologist. He talks about how he's a fixer and he knows how to make things better and he knows how to become friends with people or manipulate people and he gets manipulated the entire time there's nothing that he he's being manipulated by his mother he's being manipulated by the voice he's being manipulated by the assistant director he's being manipulated by the late director he's being manipulated by everybody and so it goes through all of this time to explain how he's in control of things and yes he's made mistakes but he really knows what he's doing and he's just worthless
0: Oh, see, and that, I just, as I said before, totally opposite opinion. Like, I just found him as the surrogate stand-in. I found my experience to be his experience of not knowing who to trust, not knowing what's real, really having your reality questioned. But if
2: you're going to put me in your book, if you're going to create a surrogate for me, you damn well better make sure he does something right.
0: He does a lot of things right. I disagree. I... I think he, he
1: think that he does get one thing right well not just one thing but i think it's not until the southern reach is gone and he leaves and he goes looking for Ghostbird. like that's the first real thing he's ever done for himself in his life yes it, he feels this weird energy from her this connection to her yeah um that's unlike anything else he's ever experienced and so he goes looking for her in fact he knows her better than
0: anybody else does yes after he's talking like, to
2: her for four days n-
0: yeah. but it doesn't matter. It doesn't that's the part where it's like their their connection is such that it is indefinable. It's not logical. It just is something that he f- sees something in her and she sees something in him that they hook on to each other. And I love that. I love that it's not like they don't end up having sex or anything like that. Like it's just a connection on a level that neither of them can understand. Being in this situation, one knows one about one world, one knows something about another world, but they're compelled to help each other and to go into this big adventure together. I loved that. I loved the character of Ghostbird, that she is this shade of the biologist. She is not the biologist. She is a copy. She is a duplicate. Is Whippy a duplicate? We that's don't, we don't know for sure. There's evidence that points that he is a duplicate. Remember he tells the psychologist in book three, he sees this duplicate get killed. So we don't know if that's what made him crazy or if he's crazy because he's a duplicate. I liked that. I liked that whole idea of this kind of doppelganged person that is alive. Do you have a soul? Who are you? She makes a connection with control. Ghostbird does. Does that mean you're alive? Are you real? Cause you came from area X. I loved that.
1: I think that that's valuable. I
0: will say I started to kind of pick up this series and kind of
1: start to enjoy where it was going there at kind of the end of that second book. Basically, I think. S-
0: say Geronimo. Say Geronimo.
1: Absolutely. Like, but I mean, even before that, I, th- I think really once, once the Southern Reach gets absorbed and it's like, okay, no, none of the rules from before apply. Now we're going to go forward. And I thought, okay, cool. We're, we're moving into some, uh, satisfaction into this third book. (laughs) I'm so there for that. And then we open up the third book.
2: Can can I I talk about the end of the second book before you go into that? Because I'm with you. I, I had pretty much already made up my mind that I was not going to finish this series when I was getting towards the end of the second book. And then I was thinking, well, maybe maybe i will this is starting to get kind of interesting and this was specifically when when area x expanded i'm like okay that's a cool story beat i kind of get what's going on here and even the scene with his mother which i didn't really buy her character shift there but regardless i was like okay this is this is this is going somewhere and then again he spends 16 pages okay so he hotwires a car and he goes to a gas station and he goes and eats Eggs and bacon and um, oh, OK, he bought a Glock and he takes it apart and puts it back together for two pages. Two pages. He gets a boat and he just putters along the coast for a while. Like, I know where you're going. You've already said where you're going. Spend a page and a half of explaining how you got there and then get there because none of this stuff that is happening matters at all. It's just It's just busy work. It's it's. um, It's business.
1: It's it's business. It's stage business. That's (laughs) that's what it is. I was like, that's. It's it's all just stage business, and stage
2: business is great while you're speaking or you're in the background, but but I don't need 16 pages of stage business.
0: I I will concede that my boy Jeff Vandermeer gets a little long winded sometimes. But my whole part of, again, where I was very happy uh, following John Control's journey to where he knows Ghostbird has escaped to, escaped, you know, so easily from her handlers, is that, again, it was like he was retracing her footsteps, as the biologist and as Ghostbird, This was another level of their connection. He's like living life how she would have. I, it actually did kind of work for me,
1: but you're not wrong. It's much like a lot of the rest of the book. It's just finally I felt like I had a character that I cared about. Right. And so I didn't mind the long-windedness at that point.
2: Okay, so I, I see what you're saying. And this is another reason. It's the same conversation that made me decide that I was not going to finish this book the same conversation it started with sandra i need you to tell me and this is very much towards the end of book two is control her husband because if he was this sudden connection and these things with him going on the boat and traveling north on the boat like her husband did like she did these things would make more sense, tie everything together, create a time paradox. I'd be down with that. It would it would pay off a lot of the stuff that it set up in the first two books. And she said, no, no, that that's that's not it at all. Like I then why?
0: I don't <laughs> I don't think it's gotta be that it's her husband. Why can't two people from seemingly completely different worlds have a connection to wanna understand?
2: Oh, I'm not talking about the reason why they get together. Okay, fine, I I can buy it there's some brightness in her that he and and something in him they attach in 4 days but i'm talking about all of the time talking about all of the the seemingly inane stuff that he is doing there are shadows to things that her husband did when he was in area x I could, even though I would still think it was too much, I can forgive some of that if there was a reason, if there was a payoff, if it was hints towards, Hey, you know, there's something deeper going on. Control really is her husband from the past or, or something like that. And the fact that that, that there is nothing to explain why he's spending so much time on, on just nothing is, it, it just makes me even more angry.
1: I, you know what? I actually didn't. Capture when I was reading all of those little echoes, but I, I it kind of makes me like it better to hear you talk about them, <laughs> even though ultimately, no, it, it doesn't go anywhere. That's it's like a study in scarlet. It's it's <laughs> yes. it's just a it's a movement on a canvas. It's not really for anything. Um, but I, that's an interesting thing. I, I just didn't think about that before. I think that largely there's so much in this story that's cool. It's kind of like we were saying, or like you just said, it's a seventy page story being drawn out a bit. Um, I like the idea behind a lot of it. I like the idea behind these characters and their connections and, you know, what is connection and what part of a person are you connecting with when you see them and you think you know them. And are th- what makes a person a person? Yeah, what makes a person? There's all this this stuff in there that's good. It's just the way that it gets presented in this book just shut me out of it
0: completely. I, I it, it just lost me. Let's take a little break and talk about the nuts and bolts of book three. Larger themes and messaging. Enjoying the show? Please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Genre Junkies. And don't forget to visit the website, genrejunkies.com. So the dramatic conclusion, Acceptance, Book Three of this, what we kind of think of as one large book, is following the adventures, misadventures, of Control and Ghostbird as they dive in through a tide pool into Area X because Area X is basically borderless now and it is starting to seep in through where former expedition members have gone. A portal of sorts opens to let people into the greater Area X. And once they're in there, this has been a handful of days since everything broke down. Um, Control has found Ghostbird. It really hasn't been that long. But they find Grace, the assistant director inside. And this is where we learn. And I'm kind of recapping this since Scott didn't hear all of uh, didn't read all the books that she's been there for three years.
1: Yeah, in her time. In
0: her time. It has been three years. And she has found the biologist's final will and testament. The biologist has been there for 30 years. So time really moves differently in Area X. Yeah,
1: and I think for the outside world, it's been like 18 months, I want to say, since like the expedition set out that the biologist was on. So there's just, there's no really counting for how time works, you know, Area X versus the outside world. And it's
0: just another element of things that they thought they understood, they do not understand. And where they thought that Area X kind of like, destroyed things really quickly it's like no it's because when it's in there more time has passed and the items have aged this was mind-blowing for me that's not a totally new thing when you think about multiverse kind of you know stuff in stories but that kind of explained a lot to me and how people do die there and it's the copies that come back uh somehow they become they don't die necessarily they become absorbed by area x and transformed The biologist is now, as weird as it sounds, she is basically a mountain now. She's a big, moving, living, breathing mountain. She's
1: a wave with eyes. Yes. (laughs) A lot of eyes. (laughs) All the eyes.
0: Sparkling like stars, but they're all individually the biologist's eyes. And as the biologist spent time there, she believes she has met her husband, who the real husband not the copy that came back and that he was an owl i know it's trying to laugh because i found all of this really beautiful but it's hard to say it it it, it does work a little better in the book i promise it does lump it it we don't know for sure if the owl was her husband but i do believe the owl was somebody at some point was a person and they become friends they become companions of sorts for her 30 years she's there and she fights she fights against it until like becoming part of area x until she realizes she could not well, and I, I believe she's practicing self-harm in order to
1: make the brightness keep healing her and keeping her whole and still herself. Yes, to try to hold on to herself.
0: Yeah. And then it's, it. she, and she meets, does say that she's not proud of that. This is not advocate yeah. self-harm.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> like, there's a big, big underlying PSA in that one. But the, uh, the, the thing with the owl is that he becomes this companion of hers and, I think here's a problem with the way that I was reading this book is because, okay, can we just say that the owl was her husband then? Can we but just we say, can't say. I know we can't, but I'm saying <laughs> because she will say, like, she kind of makes the decision that, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm sort of gonna believe that it is. And then she'd be like, but probably not. Cause sometimes when he drops like dead mice into my camp, it seems accidental. But <laughs> it's like, is that i mean there would be a funny moment in the movie but i you yeah. know, like you're undercutting everything that you do conclude and it's like i i get that you just don't want us to know for sure anything mm-hmm. but it's frustrating to read it's uh not not my cup of tea but so it's not until the owl dies and she finds um his little body that she decides oh, that's so she's sad. it is really sad actually there's an emotional impact there um that, that's when she but yeah then it's again that's undercut because she's writing this all out as the story of what she's been up to and by then it's like she's already grieved processed and moved on but it's uh it's at that point when she makes a decision you know i'm going for it i'm just gonna take me area x X. i'm yours i'm putting your hands
0: so there's a guess kind of a catharsis in that yes which is good that's how i felt as well and it's um no one knew exactly how area x would react to her because she was different an interesting factor for
1: her too is that she kind of, they say it so many times, well, she's not really a very good scientist. And yeah. one of the problems is that any, any environment, any ecosystem that she's observing, even way before she got to area X, oh, yeah. she, or she, she lets herself be absorbed into
0: it. She goes yeah. native. Absolutely. Every time. Yes. And that is why she's not a good biologist, but why she's so f- fascinating as a scientist and as a person in area X, because she's all about the eco. She's all about the ecosystem as Mm -hmm. a whole. And, I find it really fascinating that the way Area X, after all of those years, digests and processes her is for her to become a literally huge part of Area
1: X. The thing with her, and again, this is drawing conclusions based on my own imagination and my own interpretation, is that because she's not she doesn't really fit in that well in the rest of the world. She's not going to be fighting Area X the way the rest of us all would. Yes. So I think maybe that's what the psychologist slash former director saw in her was here's a person who might actually be able to slide into this landscape and figure something out about it. But unfortunately, that whole ability for her to slide into it means that she's not coming out the other side. She doesn't really want to be part of this world out here with the bars and everything. (laughs) Um, I think there's a, there is kind of a, a big plot point that happens a little bit more in the last book because half of it is Ghostbird and Control and their crazy adventure in Area X. The other full on half of the story is yes. about the lighthouse keeper and the events surrounding when things actually happen.
0: And the director.
1: They talk about when she went in to Area X before she went on the expedition. She just went in with her and Whitby. Mm hmm. That. She went down into the town and actually the crawler was there, but he wasn't really the crawler yet. He was still the lighthouse keeper. He was still the lighthouse keeper, like slumped on the side of the wall and just kept um, repeating the last words that she ever had with him. Don't forget me. Don't forget me. And see, doesn't it sound
0: like a story you'd want to read? Because that was the part that got me so just emotionally hooked in. I loved the character of the lighthouse keeper, this former fire and brimstone preacher who'd lost his faith, who embraced finally his homosexuality, who came there to live a free and anonymous life and then became absorbed and was a huge part mm-hmm. of Area X becoming what it was yeah. uh, the director as this character that this little was, girl had become obsessed mm-hmm. with Area X because this was her home as a child and this was her as a nine year old girl this was her childhood friend yeah though she was friends with the lighthouse keeper he took care of her he cared
1: about he her was very basically easily. her babysitter babysitter <laughs> slash like kind of grandpa Um, even though he was only like 40 Um, yeah. and also her mom got absorbed into Area x when it happened so she never
2: got she never got closure I with know. her mother. how do you get through 650 pages over two books and never get into any of this character development because it's it's a payoff this argument is going to sound very cynical but he writes two books Charged separately, you have to buy these books separately, right? They're, they come out at different times, and does nothing with them, and then you get a payoff when you finally pay for the third book. And I know that that's very cynical, and I don't mean that literally. Like that is specifically what I think is happening, but that's not fair. That's not that's not respectful of my time. That's not respectful of your readers. You have to give me something. You have to give me a reason to want to learn about this. I Okay, yes, you revealed at some point that the crawler is the lighthouse keeper. Cool. You reveal in the second book that the lighthouse keeper used to be a preacher and then he became a lighthouse keeper. Cool. None of that means anything. Okay, that's that's stuff that he did, just like the biologist is a biologist. That's all cool. Why don't you give me any of this character work at all? All in the first
0: two books. Now, see, for me, it wasn't about character work because I felt the character connection throughout all the books. But I was so happy that he chose to tell this story in a non-traditional, non-linear fashion. All of this stuff about the Lightkeeper and all of that would have been very boring, very pedestrian, very normal for me if it was in the first book. I didn't want that. I wanted to come in at the weirdest part of this story and then hear the backstory. That worked for me. I didn't want it to be a A, paint-by-numbers ABC like it normally is. And for me, that payoff and that experience of learning so much more about the Creation of area X, which is still a mystery, and you still get to draw conclusions about that, about exactly what it is. All of that was so much better for me at the end of this journey.
2: So that's why I wasn't angry about book one, despite being very bored during it, is that I had a certain level of faith that, OK, this is the weird one. This is the setup. This is where everything is yes. just very crazy and it asks a whole lot of questions and it doesn't answer any of them. And I was willing to get on board and be accepting of that. And then by the end of book two where there was still only more questions asked. There was nothing really solved. There was nothing created or accomplished really in that book other than, oh, okay, stuff is spreading, that I truly became angry about that. I don't feel that you can do two-thirds of the whole thing like, oh, isn't this weird? And now I'm going to give you the payoff in the third book. It's just
0: incongruent. That that did not work for
1: you.
2: No, no, it did not. It did not.
1: (laughs) To surmise. It didn't work for me either, for the record. Okay, that's fine. I, I, the thing is I, I love a nonlinear story and I do like to be, um, shaken up a little bit by an author. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I think that it's the combination of the long-windedness and maybe it felt like it was relying too heavily on atmosphere to try and keep me hooked. It's like, yeah, it shouldn't have taken as long to get to the few sparse conclusions we got, um, as it did. And I, 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 I do feel like it wasn't, a really great use of my time either but at the same time you know uh
0: modern art <laughs> modern art people you know um that sort of explained why she, in the first book the biologist saw the uh the dolphin with the very human eye because it was a person um and then control control i think oh god for, this
1: part you would have hated you would have hated
0: <laughs> when they go back down he and ghostbird um and grace they they go back to the anomaly and they go to seek the crawler and Because Uh, remember when she gets down to the bottom of it, I think in the first book, she sees this light
1: behind the crawler. It's like a doorway. It seems like a doorway. Yeah. And so they figure like, well, that's either how we're going to get out or we'll stop him or whatever. Except for all the way through Ghostbird is saying like, oh, they just don't get it. Like in her own inside narrative. And so they decide that. Control goes past the crawler into the light, and as he's going into it, he feels his white fur and his large legs with these powerful feet as he hops
0: as a now white rabbit. No, no, no. Are you kidding me? No. And he's a rabbit now. No. (laughs) Okay. No, 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 no.
2: Oh my God. No. I, I am so glad I did not read the third book. If I wasted another eight hours of my life on that book for him to turn into a motherfucking rabbit.
0: <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm waving my white flag. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the thing. This is okay. <laughs> I didn't. It is one of those things. Again, it's not quite as cheesy when you read it as when Amanda says it, because for me, I was happy for Control. I was happy for him. The guy's nickname, a nickname, which is usually something cute and fun, was Control. He had nothing to live for. And for me, he had this fascination with the rabbits, that foreshadowing, because he wanted the freedom. And now he is finally free. He's not being controlled by his mother, by the government, by anyone else. He's not going through his failed relationships or anything like that. He's gone back to nature. I liked it. <laughs> Don't laugh.
1: I'm sorry. No, no. I actually. I it, again. It's. I. It made me so angry when I read it. But it. It, it by itself. It wasn't. Um. It wasn't necessarily the wrong choice. Like. It, something weird had to happen there. I mean, we've introduced this whole rabbit thing. It, I, I get it. It's not my book. It's not your
0: book, and it's clearly not Scott's book. But it certainly was my book. So I want to talk a little bit about messages and ideas and where things came from. Now obviously since I'm the one that liked this, I'd like to start it off. Um I <laughs> I want to say I'm not saying it's aliens, but I'm saying it's aliens. I want it to be aliens. I want it to be extraterrestrials terraforming our planet. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's probably that. I think that it is a little bit of a response to climate change and pollution and the horrible things we do to our planet and the horrible things we do to each other and to living things and to life. And that if there could be a way that nature could reclaim it all, that that's what's happening. Kind of a reset button. That's one sort of theory, I think, about it. Because that's kind of a conclusion I drew from it is a place where people and technology cannot be. It doesn't work. It does not compute for those things to be here. Um, so I took from it a lot of kind of bigger picture things about where we are going with our planet and what nature and science could do to sort of exact its revenge and to even the playing field and hit the reset button. But I would also just like to think that it's aliens.
1: Well, I have no problem with the alien thing. I, I don't think that's true either, but I like that story. Yeah, I just want it to be amazing. I like that story. Um, she does have a moment of epiphany where she realizes that the, the thing that is Area X or the starting point from it actually came from a, a place that's so like unfathomably far away and different that she couldn't even wrap her head around it. Right. That then that got destroyed and it somehow came here. Right, and it's um taking over here. Yeah, so my conclusion with it was without really being a message is that it's this um, awareness or process of some kind that's being superimposed over the landscape of this uh, reach of Florida, uh, that it's certainly not meaning to be malicious. What it's doing is it's capturing all of the flora and fauna that's there and just Uh, duplicating it and replicating it and humans are no different it's not choosing to do or not to do but i think because people are a little bit different than plants they're more complicated because you get this whole brain thing in there but you can't quite Duplicate that. Well, can that's you? that's the thing is that's why yeah. it has struggled so much. I mean, all of the early experiments are just making them into other animals and and these sort of weird half breeds of human it, and animal. Yeah, and, because it couldn't quite <clears throat> get the human spirit. Yeah, and that the, even the the last expedition that went through with the with her husband in it, it did make almost perfect replicas, except for it didn't actually have the people inside of these people that came back. Yes. They're pod people, kind of. Um, it didn't Shades. have the spark, maybe a soul, um, that was in there. And, of course, it was all cancer riddled because something went wrong in the coding. Right. So, in fact, if you think of it that way, ghost bird is sort of the ultimate expression of how this organism or awareness creates. And also, I think it's weird to think about, too, the fact that on the borders, anything that tries to come into Area X just disappears. Yes. But in actuality, when you're going through the door into Area X... That's why they hypnotize people so they don't remember it, because it's scary, horrifying stuff. Yeah. Because it's burnt out cities and it's weird planets. It's like it's like you're going through a tunnel through uh quantum physics Space, and this whole time. Yeah. Every multiverse like yes. tunnel basically to get to a place that's sort of like here, but it's got this other stuff on it. Yeah. And um I don't really know if there's a larger
0: message. I like what you said. Well, I love what you're saying too because that's uh, that's definitely a valid sound theory, and I, I love it. I love all these theories. I love it.
2: I thought that it was going to go towards a a little bit of a religious bent. I thought it was the Garden of Eden revisiting the y- earth.
0: You could take that, yeah. And I thought
1: that for a second too, yeah.
2: And you know when they when they talk about exactly, it took them hours or longer to actually crawl through the tunnel into this garden, I, I kind of likened it to wandering in the desert for 40 years. I I felt that there were going to be some more religious themes coming to it, and, and some of the things could even be excused a little bit again if there were religious themes that were going to go into it. I'm disappointed that There is not some sort of resolution that it is left completely up to your interpretation of it. I'm disappointed by that. And that's my own thing. In an individual book, if I'm left at the end with questions and really thinking, wow, what did that mean? What did that really mean when the author did this, when the character did that, when this is happening? I have a different feeling when it comes to a series. There's, there needs to be a reason for there to be a second and for there to be a third book. If you're not going to give me anything, you need to concisely explain your, your story in a book. And I'm really disappointed to hear that it's still left just completely up to your imagination after three books of story.
0: Well, there you have it, guys. This has been quite a journey. Um, I I love dissenting opinions, and I love arguing about stuff. And despite you guys saying some of the things you did, I mean, it obviously elicited passionate feelings from all of us. And as we all know, and I think we can all agree, it's what art should do. Art should make you angry, happy, sad, arguing. That's part of the fun of it. Um, here, 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 right here, here. And I, I hope that some of you out there have my opinion. I hope some of you have Amanda's opinion or Scott's opinion uh, or your own completely different opinion, because I think that this series is a fun, fun one to chew over and discuss with people. So start your own little Southern Reach book clubs out there.
2: If I can just say, I want anyone out there to know that if you enjoyed this book, I'm glad, well, these books. If you enjoyed these books, I'm glad that you enjoyed these books. I want to have a discussion with you about these books, Uh, something that One of our listeners actually left a comment for us on a previous book that we that we reviewed head on and really opened our eyes about some of the things that we missed as far as that. And I would love to hear about what you think about it. So please reach out to us. Um, I don't want anyone to feel like they're wrong for having liked this book because Amanda and I clearly did not. Uh,
0: And I loved it.
2: I don't think I'm wrong. You know, part of the thing about genre junkies is we really do believe that every book deserves to be read by the people who will enjoy it. And I hope that you loved this series.
0: (laughs) Um, I think we're going to not give this a five stars or whatever review, because I think we've uh, I think we've kind of said all we had to say about that. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Amanda, thanks for being here. Thanks for going through books you thought was a struggle because you knew you could discuss them.
1: I, you know, there's nothing I like better than than talking about books. Like it, Hell love yes. it, get
0: frustrated,
1: throw it down in the middle of it and then
0: go pick it up maybe. I love the whole process. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on. Thank you. All right, guys, that concludes tonight's episode. Another wonderful science fiction discussion. And as always... Please keep reading past your bedtime.